If you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the epistle of First John. The epistle of First John. First John chapter two, verse fifteen. First John chapter two verse fifteen. Uh, I'll read from verse fifteen to seventeen. And hear the word of God as it comes to you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, which are the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and pride in possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. This is the word of the Lord, friends. May we receive it as it is. When you read the, the epistle of John, the first epistle, it really is almost uh, on the same guardrails as the fourth gospel. So we are left to conclude, uh, as many commentators have agreed, that the fourth gospel, which is the gospel according to John, is written by the same person who has written this first epistle. We will go on to see later on, as you read the Bible, that there's the first, second, and third epistle of John. And really, this epistle was written to instruct believers in Agenda's false teaching. The false teaching that was common in those days or in that day when John wrote this, which was about 100 AD, between 100 and 110 AD, somewhere there, was Doceticism. Now, it's just a big word, but simply put, it was the teaching that denied that Christ actually came uh, in human form. The, the teaching, the, 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 the propagators of this doctrine uh, said that Christ appeared to come. He, he, he did not really incarnate. And also that there is no such thing as a divine savior who could actually die for people. That's what they were saying. And so John wrote this to dispel false teaching. There was a false teaching of Doceticism. There was another one of Gnosticism. The Gnostics believed that you could somehow know God through uh, ascent or, or, or intuitive thinking. Some sort of special revelation that is only revealed to a certain people. Now with that definition, of course, we know that there are many people who are Gnostics nowadays. So, really, the, 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 the epistle of John 
was really to bring forth what the gospel is and dispel false teaching. Say, don't listen to these people. They're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel that was delivered once and for all to the saints. And really, this little epistle is, is really difficult to outline because you can't really make a systematic sort of uh, map a systematic way of how John outlines the epistle. It's just jumbled up. It's, it's almost haphazard. But you can see the themes are, um, in the first chapter, he talks about uh, the word of life. It begins as if, uh, just the, in the same way the, the gospel according to John began, and then he talks about walking in the light and Christ being our advocate. And then in, in, in chapter 2, verse 7 to, um, verse 7 to, 16, to 14, he talks about the new commandment. Basically, that new commandment is to love one another. Remember what Christ said to his disciples uh, that, you know, a, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this all men shall know that ye are my disciples. And so John is saying, if, you know, there's the word of life, Christ Jesus, and because of what Christ Jesus has done, walk in the light, and walking in the light involves the new commandment and then where we find ourselves from verse 15 to 8 to 17 he goes on to this trajectory where he says do not love the world and after that he talks about he's warning the believers about the antichrist the one who uh, has come into the world now there's been debates who the Antichrist is and all that stuff. We will not get into that today. But hopefully it will make for a good Bible study. So chapter 5 verse 4 in, in the Gospel according to John ends with overcoming the world. That if you are in Christ, you are guaranteed victory over the world, over sin. Listen to what he says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is it? He's asking that question. Basically saying, there is no one else who can claim to overcome the world apart from the one who is in Christ. If you are outside of Christ, you cannot overcome the world. No matter how much they pump you up and tell you you're an overcomer. Where, where they motivate you and say, you are, you, you are, you are everything. Uh, uh, the, the world is your playground. Achieve what you want. Reach your potential. All those cannot suffice. Only those who are in Christ. And, and hang on to this scripture, friends, because this scripture will help us uh, understand the battle with pornography. That who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Who is it? Who can stand? And, but, but first of all, before we get into this topic of pornography, I want us to ask ourselves, what does John mean when he says, do not love the world? What is, is he talking about, do not love the physical world, the trees and the stars? Some people may use even this verse to say, ah, let's go and hide away in the mountains and tie myself to a rock. And I don't want to be associated with this world as it is. I'm just waiting for the coming of Christ. There's some people who will, uh, you know, maybe say that, you know, um, deny themselves food or uh, the basics because they're told not to love the world. I, I don't think that's what John was talking about here. John, what John is talking about, he is talking about the system that has been corrupted by sinful men. That's what he's talking about. So where there's mankind, there's sin. Because Adam sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. Just as through one man, sin entered into the world. And so everyone who's born under Adam is a sinner. And so John is saying, this is the system that we are in. The world. You know, what does the world propagate? What does, what does the world push? Evil. It, it may be good, but the underlying thing is that the, the, the world is shaking its fist at God. When God says marriage is between a man and a woman, the world says, no, no, no. Marriage is between a man and a man. When God says, no, 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 this is how you're supposed to live life. You're supposed to be a godly uh, person and, 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 you know, um, be diligent in your work. But the world says, no, 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 cut corners, steal, co uh, juta, your way around things. God is saying, be diligent. So, and friends, one thing that we need to think about when we think about the sinfulness of mankind is that each and every one of us are sinners, but not the sin that you may struggle with may not be the one that I struggle with. The sin that you are prone to may be, may be a, myth, a myth to me. But it doesn't matter whether you think that you're moral or upright as long as you don't have Christ, you are a sinner and you're still on your way to hell. So, which brings us to pornography. <laughs> Do not love the world. There we go. We, 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 we face head on with the pandemic that is pornography. Pornography, no one is exempt from pornography. In fact, there's a, a, an author called Tim Chalice who wrote the, the, his, a book called Sexual De uh, Detox. He, he says that whenever he meets a young man, he assumes that at one point in their lives, they've watched pornography. Now, if that's not a pandemic, I don't know what is. 
If someone can say, the moment I meet a young man, before I have a conversation with him, the assumption is that he has already watched porn. Whether when he was young, uh, well, well, I mean, when he was young, he was exposed to pornography at a certain age. Uh, if I meet him in his teens or as a young adult, I will, I will be forced to assume. So it is from that posture that I have a conversation. How are you? How, how, how do you do? <laughs> you, you get the trajectory. And so, men and women and children, grannies, each and every one has been exposed to pornography. There, okay, there are some people who may say that, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I've never watched it. I've met people who say, I've never watched any video clip or whatever. That's fine, I'll touch on that later. But we see pornography in television, in radio, broad daylight. You hear music that is enticing, that is sensual, that is, that is designed to make you fall. The, the, the music, the drama, the billboards. So someone is advertising Colgate, but when you look at the, the, the poster, there's a woman with a bust hanging out. And you say, okay, so is this supposed to be Colgate? I, are, we really, are, are we really advertising Colgate? And pornography is, 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 uh, is responsible for wrecking havoc in marriages. Inhibiting marriages. And on this point, I want to say something very uh, risky. <laughs> I love to be risky. I, I believe that the biggest reason for young people withholding marriage, young Christians, is actually porn. Because when you spend a huge amount of time in your life watching porn, you are numb to, uh, to that desire, that natural desire that God has given us uh, to be intimate with uh, a member of the opposite sex who's in Christ. We, we, you, 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 you begin to binge for long hours on people magazine on magazines on videos whatever whatever so you become numb there's no reason for you to get married there's no reason to in fact that will stall you so you keep on making excuses after excuses ah lobola ah you know africa is hard you know but there's an underlying issue <laughs> there, there's something there if we, if we dig deep we will see that there's, a, there's an underlying issue. And sometimes, uh, you know, you're either a perpetrator, which is someone who's been watching porn, or else, or you might be a victim of pornography. So, maybe you're a lady, you're waiting for, for a guy to marry. I'm not aware. <laughs> or maybe you're, you, you, it's vice versa. You, the lady, are withholding. You are being taught all, all these things about feminism, independence, what, what. You know, you need to grow and, and, and you know, 
what, 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 what do they say? Something about your potential. Those are just, you know, sugar. To me, those are just sugar coating. But there's an underlining sort of uh, uh, problem, which is a sexual problem. Because God created us. Then at a certain age, the hormones will start running. But then he also created us that those hormones should be directed at a particular person in the context of marriage. He did not say, you know, you can go and waste your strength on images. Or even desires. Which is why the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter says, he said, because this is a war, he says, Beloved, I urge you as surgeoners and exiles to, uh, sorry, I, I, I urge you as surgeoners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against you. So this is not a pet. And, and I'm speaking here from experience. I'm not speaking from, from you know, ah, okay, so, you know, Pastor Joe, whatever. I have struggled with this for years. I know what it is. I know the beast it is. That is, it will be continually knowing at your soul. You become desensitized at every single thing. You can be even... So, so, so it's like a, it's almost like a domino effect. What pornography does that it it desensitizes you to uh, to sex, but not only that, you begin to be given to violent acts of sex, and and, and sooner than later, you you want something stronger, <laughs> huh? Even, that's why you've got a culture of people who are not affected by rape. When somebody's raped, or it comes out on the news, people are just like, ah, okay. Ah, I go I'm thinking, the porn culture is struck again. <laughs> huh? Here's some statistics from Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is a sort of a Christian application that helps you to be accountable uh, when you're Googling pornography. One in five youth pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis and currently struggling. So that's more than 50,000 U.S. church leaders. This is a United States-based thing. 43% of senior pastors and youth pastors say they have struggled with pornography in the past. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say that they watch porn at least once a month. By the way, the statistics of women watching porn has risen exponentially. Back in the day, it was a myth. Ah, a woman watching porn. Ah, nowadays, it's widely accepted. Widely celebrated. Listen to what Dr. Mary Ann Layden says about 
you know, uh, marriage struggles uh, in porn. She says, I have, I, have, I have also seen in my clinical experience that pornography damages the sexual performance of the viewers. Pornography viewers tend to have problems with premature ejaculation erectile dysfunction, having spent so much time in unnatural sexual experiences with paper, celluloid, and cyberspace. They seem to find it difficult to have sex with a real human being. Pornography is raising their expectation and demand for types and amounts of sexual experiences at the same time time it is reducing the ability to have sex to experience sex so i'll say this if you are struggling with pornography flee right now it's better right now than tomorrow god forgives us yes but the but the consequences are sometimes lifelong it's almost like the damage would have been done. Because sometimes the images are not erased. Sometimes you just cannot keep your eyes off people's spouses. Or you just cannot keep your eyes off the sister or the brother in church. You may be secretly doing it and no one can see you. <laughs> but God can. You may be secretly browsing some, uh, you know, porn sites. But God can see you. God knows your search history. <laughs> Someone may not know your search history. Your friends may not know that, ah, this person has been indulging in pornography. This person has, is, is living in a heap they're, they're wallowing. But, but, but it can go undetected for a very long time. Sixty-eight percent of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet. This is in America. And of course, this probably applies to here as well. 58% involved one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites, whereby it is so obsessive and so uh, uh, deranged that the person can no longer hide it. They're just consuming in front of their spouse. And, and the women tell them, no, 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 leave me be. You go to the elders, uh, you know, you, you, you approach them, they don't repent. You go to the elders, they'll tell you. They can even get to a point and say, no, tell the elders. That church is even a problem. We wanted to leave because that person is in sin. Sin can cause your heart to be hardened and callous. Such that you won't even care what the brothers or sisters think. Let alone what God thinks. This is a serious matter. It's a serious matter. Seventy percent of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. 
post-traumatic stress disorder, I, I'm not really well-versed in those things, but I'll just quote that. So, porn, prolonged exposure to porn leads to diminished trust between intimate couples, uh, belief that promiscuity is the natural state, and lack of attraction to family and child raising. You just won't care about your family. You, you, you abandon them. Because you're hardened. By cyber. By visuals. It's deadly. It's deadly. Let me quote some scripture. Matthew 5, verse 28. In case you thought maybe the Bible does not address pornography. Like some people think. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery within his heart. Matthew 5, 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. Flee from sexual immorality. I was actually reading this this morning. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So, Friends, the fight has to be on. We must be militant. We must not ignore the existence of this. But if we are Christians, if we really have the Holy Spirit residing in us, by the Spirit we put it to death. As John always said, kill sin or it will kill you. If you sit like a sitting duck... <laughs> Just sitting, waiting to be slain by sin. We've seen so many go down that path. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In other words, I mean, we have to be real that there are some sins that are not done away with at salvation. They will take some time, even years. But the true <coughs> The true reflection or, 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 or one of the marks that someone is a believer is that they hate the sin. They are confessing the sin. They are constantly fleeing. They are trying by all means. They are praying. They are meditating. Do you know that spiritual warfare is through the word of God? Many people think that, oh, spiritual warfare, I want you step on the devil. How will you ever do that? 
Spiritual warfare is through the word of God. Reciting the word of God. Do not love the world. Praying the, praying the word. Asking the Holy Spirit to apply this word to your heart. And, and then move in your limbs. That's spiritual warfare. By the Spirit, gradually fighting sin, one by one, slaying. Because we are people with myriads of sins. Uh, pornography is not the only sin that people may suffer. There's pride, there's anger, there's greed, there's lust of the eyes. You are just covetous of people's properties you, are, you, you, you do things out of spite you do things because you're in competition God needs to kill all those things in our hearts Through this, and each and every one of us knows the sins that are most common to us as individuals some we may not even know or notice until someone points it out and say ah brother, sister you <laughs> you struggle with this. Boy, it. First John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride and the possession is not from the Father, <clears throat> but it's from the world. Pornography is from the world. It's not from the Father. There's, not, there's no light in that. You know, I was, <laughs> I was reading an article by UNICEF, which was saying that they've studied and they've found that pornography may not necessarily be harmful to children. And I was like, look at these mad people, the wisdom of the world. You know, the world has got its own wisdom and, and, and they've got their own agenda they're pushing. So they will even soften sin so that it entices you. And before long, you are there with them celebrating. Who knows if, if you allow children to watch porn, who knows what you end up supporting? Abortion. Cohabiting. <laughs> you fall into an abyss of sin. Hebrews 13 verse 4. Let's Marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Porn defiles the marriage bed. For God will judge the sexually immoral. This, friends, we must fear God to that extent. We, we must not even uh, postpone repentance. We must not be too comfortable to stick around in sin because we do not know when Christ will return. He will return like a thief in the night. So the scriptures say. Sometimes we linger so much. We, we linger. We flirt with sin. We flirt, especially in the sexual part. Whether it's, you know, maybe playing around with a woman who's always dressed funny. You know, I feel sorry for you people who go to universities. <laughs> yeah? Whereby maybe in class someone is wearing a music, you're playing with a lady, she's your friend, she's your best friend, she's jumping around, what what, and everyone's just like, ah, Bolato, she's dressed well. But they don't know what they're doing to you. They don't know. 
Turn your eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Psalm 119 verse 37. Friends, we can read the scriptures till the cows come home. The Bible is clear about these things. And it's time the church addressed this with the word of God. There's no other way. I think it's something that we take and shelve. You know? You take it and you hide it. You say, ah, okay. Let's talk about blessings. Let's talk about prosperity. You know? <laughs> but we're, we're leaving. The most important, one of the most important aspects of being a Christian, holiness. For without holiness... We will not see God. We will not see God. And friends, I'd like to say some concluding remarks and then some practical application to this uh, pandemic. Please, would you pass me a small uh, sort of booklet there? I would like to read from there later. Okay, so God can and does forgive one. There's hope. God can cleanse you of all unrighteousness, of all sin. In fact, in this epistle, listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Those who deny that they are sinners are not Christians. <laughs> this is what John is saying. The truth is not in you. You are not a Christian. No one is safe. You may say that, well, I've never watched anything, so I'm fine. And I'll ask you this question. Do you lust? Where does it come from? So you say, ah, I've brother Joe, I've never watched pornography. Okay, do you lust after somebody's wife, somebody's husband? Where do, do you masturbate? <laughs> because that's where also... All these things stem from. You see? It's a hard issue. The Lord Jesus Christ said it well. It is not what comes into a man that makes a man clean. So even before pornography, you are already defiled. So why make it worse? <laughs> even before the additional images, you are already defiled. And friends, you may ask me, how do we fight this? And I'll say, you need the scriptures daily and prayer daily. 
You need to recite. You need to know the scriptures and recite them. They need to be written on your heart. Because this is a spiritual warfare. It's not something that you fight with your boxer gloves. No. You need to recite the scriptures. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. Galatians 2.20 So why am I doing this? Flee the immoral woman. Flee. This is not your pet. This is not your friend. For the works of the flesh are evident. Huh? Sexual immorality, anger, strife. The Apostle Paul points that in Galatians 5, verse 19, going onwards. And then in verse 22, he then says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So this is a contrast. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Apart from these, there is no law. Or on, or on on such things as these, there is no law. We, we need to know the scriptures. We need to have accountability. Now, I want to say something about accountability. Accountability is alright. It's needed. But it is not the ultimate thing that will gain you victory over Paul. You need to amputate, radical amputation. Remember when Jesus said, if your eye causes you to stumble, gorge it out. If your limb causes you to stumble, cut it out. It's better to, for you to go to, to uh, it's better for you to go to heaven mangled and disabled than for your whole body to be thrown into the fire, into the lake of fire and brimstone, to be thrown into hell. So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, rather you lose the opportunity to do business with your fellas by throwing away that phone into water, if you have to, to get rid of the pornography issue. Rather, as a pastor, you say, I am stepping down from ministry. All these things of saying, oh, dignity, what, what? What's your dignity when you're in hell? Well, you're a hypocrite. This is the scriptures, friends. This is what the scriptures teach. I'm just preaching the scriptures. <laughs> They're just the scriptures. And that is why we, we preach faith, repentance and faith every week. Every Lord's Day, we're preaching, repent and believe. It may not be porn every week, but it's something that we are sinners. We need, even though we may be in Christ and He in us, we are sinners. We've got indwelling sin that needs to be dealt with by the Spirit. And so every week we, pay, we, we cry, repent, repent, repent. Even as the preacher is, is preaching, the word of God is coming at him as well to say, you repent as well. He's not, he's not someone who's walking on ice and nothing, has, <laughs> nothing touches him, so to speak. 
We cite the scriptures. And friends, I understand if someone says, I struggle with Paul. But I will say to them, if you're a Christian, make your election and calling sure by fleeing. By killing it. If you say you're a Christian, you don't stay in one position. It's like saying there's a there's a trade coming and you're just standing there, like ah okay, That's what people do. That's what many Christians do. Ah, you know, brother, I'm struggling now. I'm struggling. Each and every week, each and every week, I'm struggling. Ah, I can't. But you said you're a Christian. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. So by the Spirit, if, if it means waking up at 2 a.m. to pray, so be it. If it means going outside and taking a walk in the wee hours of the morning because this, the temptation is so burning, so be it. have to be radical because the warning is there do not love the world or the things we must not entertain them it must not even get a chance it must be squashed it's like a tick i've been i've once been buried by those nasty things it's not it's not nice so it's not something when you get bitten by a tick, you're just like, ah, okay, I'll be fine. Let me go and roll around with my dog. And then I get tick infested and I just enjoy it all. If you really have spiritual life in you, you will be sensitive. Because non-believers are not sensitive. Paul says they are dead in their trespasses and sins. So they'll continue going, going. They'll, they maybe feel bad because, ah, I just feel guilty for some reason. But it doesn't go beyond that. And on accountability, I wanted to say, I was not saying men walk with women. <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you get yourself into trouble. Say men walk with men. It doesn't necessarily have to be only pornography. It can be just general lust. Do not love the world or anything or the things in this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of position is not from the Father but from the world. And friends, pornography is worldly. We must denounce it as it is. We must deny it. Passage into our lives. And when I say we, I'm saying collectively, all of us. Because a little leaven leavens the whole uh, lump. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You want to prove that you're a Christian? Keep on fighting till the very end. Run the race with endurance. 
I, I, I love Hebrews. Let me turn to Hebrews chapter 12. I was, I was speaking to a brother earlier on this week. He was saying, ah, brother Joe, you know, you know, I'm struggling with, uh, you know, emotional issues and and I said, uh, brother, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 12 came to mind. Listen to this. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Uh, okay, first, uh, I was read from verse 1 to 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Wow. Even before I go to the Christ part, I'm talking about witnesses. I'm talking about, since we are surrounded by the likes of Moses, Paul, your own brother here who says, I'm in, I'm in Christ. These are witnesses. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Meaning that we should, when I think of sinning or falling into sin, I should think about my brother in the Lord. The face of a loved brother should come. And I say, what will so and so say when we're running this pilgrimage? Even before I get to the Christ part. Isn't that so amazing? That's, that's the blessing of the local church. Or being in Christ. That, that God gives us other believers to walk with us. Since I have, we have so great a cloud of witnesses let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to jesus <laughs> wow we're not running in vain we're not running alone we are running looking to jesus what did he say some versions say the author and perfecter. This one says the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. So Christ went through the most horrendous things that none of you would ever go through. In fact, Paul says, sorry, not even Paul, the writer of Hebrews says, in your struggle against sin, you have not struggled till you have bled. That's what he says. He says, your struggle with sin is nothing compared to what Christ has done or what Christ endured. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us look to our Lord. He is the only one who can remove us from this snare he is the only one who understands our infirmities and our deepest, darkest uh, secrets that no one knows. God knows. Take them to him. Run to Christ and say, Lord, take my burdens. Take my porn addiction away. And he is faithful. That's what the Bible says. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
not your papa, not your sister, not your friends. Christ and Christ alone. Friends, I can go all night. I can go all night. I don't want to be like Paul preaching to Uticas, he fell and he died. <laughs> and he was resurrected by Paul. And he continued preaching. <laughs> no. That's a type of discussion about this uh, very pertinent and uh, 